From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. You know, we got generally really good numbers from the financials, but uh, want to see um, better results from other sectors to really um, get a feel for how good this earnings season is going to be uh, relative to expectations. And as we wrote about last week, we're getting closer to earnings growth. We'll probably see that in uh, the first quarter of next year. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here. And on the line up in Boston is Jeff Bookbinder, who is in the middle of birthday season, I believe. Jeff, how's the wallet doing first off during birthday season? And how are all the birthdays treating you? Getting a little tired of uh, getting boxes off the front step, to be honest. But uh, yeah, happy birthday to Emily. Uh, she's nine today. So we uh, celebrated her a little over the weekend and uh, going to do some uh, family Zooms tonight. So it'll be really nice to connect with people that for obvious reasons, uh, we haven't seen a lot of here lately. Um, you know, I, my family's scattered all over the country. Uh, well, that's neat. Well, hopefully you had a good time over the weekend and a good time uh, tonight uh, celebrating there. We, we're birthday season also with the Dietrich household. Gus turned eight on Talk Like a Pirate Day, actually, September 19th. Sebastian's birthday, he'll be 10 on Wednesday. My birthday is the following Wednesday. Uh, Susanna, my daughter, her birthday is like following Thursday, I think. My mom's actually in there as well. Then my wife Emily's birthday is December, and then it's holiday season. So it is like I'm broke by the time you know, holiday season rolls around usually, but um, <laughs> it's uh, it's fun. So, so Jeff, um, also, I think we just were talking, you, you guys watched The Karate Kid. Uh, I mentioned before, two weeks ago, I'm a huge fan of the new Karate Kid show on Netflix. How did your daughters like the original Karate Kid movie? Yeah, you, you might have planted the seed talking about yeah, Cobra Kai that my girls loved it. You know, I have a nine-year-old now and an 11-year-old. Um, and they certainly didn't understand what Daniel was doing, you know, painting the, the house and waxing and all that. And uh, we, I said, hold on, hold on. You're going to, you'll see, you'll see. <laughs> uh, so they really uh, enjoyed it. It was a lot of, a lot of fun. I'm glad uh, it's not hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to keep kids that age engaged for an entire movie sometimes. And this oh, one kept yeah. their attention. No, my boys, football, my boys will watch football all day long. But yeah, in terms of a movie, they they don't sit still at all. I will say, be careful with the Netflix one. It's probably a little more R-rated. So just uh, you might not want to show them that one quite yet. We'll hold yet. off on that. There you go. But Jeff, let's get into things this week. We're going to talk, we're going to have a lot to discuss as always. We're going to talk about the bounce continues. Stocks continue to bounce the last couple of weeks. Economic data update. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the latest with the election, as we're, we've been doing every single week here in the LPL Market Signals podcast. And we're going to finish things up with small caps, which is one group that we are definitely warming to and seeing some positives. But 2020 just keeps getting worse. Um, as a Cincinnati guy, Joe Morgan passed away recently. Eddie Van Halen passed away recently. Obviously, things started with Kobe Bryant back in late January. And there's been many, well, I mean, literally hundreds of thousands of people, sadly, in the United States have passed away due to COVID, obviously, globally, even more. Um, Today also, I didn't realize this until just a little bit ago. Today's the anniversary, Jeff, of Black Monday. Do you remember where you were on Black Monday when the Dow dropped a record 22.6%? Do you remember where you were that day by chance? I do not. I was in high yeah. school, uh, but I don't remember that exact moment. I was a little young to maybe put it into perspective uh, how big of a deal that was at that time. However, I do remember... Uh, my dad, who's in this business, telling me, yeah. you know, it'll be fine. We'll get it all back soon enough. And sure, sure enough, we did. 
No, that's uh, that's impressive because I know from what I've read, at least, a lot of people did not come home that afternoon or that that night. I guess assuming you even came home, you didn't sleep on the sleep sleep at work that day, but came home very calm. So he was uh, he was exactly right. Now, one other thing about 2020 that is uh, that happened just last week, and again, you can see this on our YouTube channel where we do share slides. Now, what another one we lost is this tab. The drink of Tab started in 1963. The Coca-Cola company apparently started Tab, and Tab just last week said they're done. Um, it's going away. I did see that uh, apparently Tab was one of the top-selling drinks, one of the first ones to use like a sweetener. Now, they found out later the sweetener it, it, it did some bad things. They had to change up the formula. Uh, but like in 1984, Coke came out with Diet Coke, and you could say that was the first, um, I don't know, first issue for Tab that eventually made it go away. Now, I have to be... <laughs> very upfront. I'm not a fan of tab. Never have been never probably never will be at this point because it's going away. Jeff, did you drink much tab as a kid growing up? Or I assume not as an adult, I'm going to take a wild guess. But what do you think of tab? Not not a fan. Uh, I was a classic Coke guy back in the day. And mm-hmm. then uh, transitioned to a Dr. Pepper guy. So if they get rid of oh. Dr. Pepper, I'm going to have a real, real hard time. But I won't uh, shed a tear for tab. Yeah, it's funny because as a kid growing up in Springfield, Ohio, southwestern Ohio, I liked Pepsi. I love Pepsi. I drank Pepsi. I didn't like Coke. And then, I don't know, my wife liked Coke. And as an adult, I, it's not like I drink that many soft drinks anymore. But if I sometimes at a, at a restaurant, I say, ah, give me a Coke. I like Coke more than Pepsi now. So anyway, I guess things change. People change and tastes change. But one is change. I'm not a huge tab fan, but we've lost uh, lost another one. 2020 just keeps uh, keep getting worse in a lot of different ways. But Jeff, one thing, I guess, let's, let's talk about little positives. Stock market's bouncing. I mean, you know, we had a, oh, it's not in front of me now. I think we had a five-week win streak, then a four-week losing streak, and now a three-week winning streak as the time we're recording this. So things are bouncing. Historically, the fourth quarter is usually a pretty good quarter. You get, you tend to get volatility around the election, uh, which is what we think is definitely probably uh, still quite likely. But Jeff, what's your take? I mean, this are we just going to bust out to new highs on the S&P before the election, which boy, oh boy, by the time people hear this, it's only two weeks away. Oh, certainly possible. Um, you know, if, if there was ever a time to ignore the noise and just look at the cycle, mm-hmm. maybe this is it, right? Economy getting better. Fundamentals look pretty good. They're certainly getting better uh, for markets. Um, we're off to a really good start with earnings season. We had a strong retail sales report last week. Consumer spending is is really bouncing back uh, strongly here. So, um, you know, we understand we still got a lot of people out of work. We understand the COVID battle is not not over uh, by any stretch. But sometimes for markets, just getting better is good enough. No, I, how did Bert White? So when Bert was joining us on this podcast, when things were really bad and scary, March, April, May, he said, you know, it's not about good versus bad it's better or worse is what the market really cares because i mean just last week we had nearly nine hundred thousand people file for initial jobless claims that's bad that's you could argue terrible all right like six hundred sixty thousand is what we saw the worst during a financial crisis during the last recession we're consistently seeing way way above that but things are getting better and we are going to focus more on the economy here in a little bit, but you know, we're definitely seeing overall things are better and earnings have come in really good as we're going to talk about in a little bit. So there's some major positives. One thing I want to talk about here um, is just the reversal that we've, we saw in stocks. Now, keeping this uh, fairly simple, 
you look at how many stocks are were above their 10-day moving average back, I think, around the third week of September in the midst of that four-week losing streak, less than 10% of stocks were above the 10-day moving average, a short-term moving average. Within two weeks later, we had a major buying surge, a major buying thrust just uh, two weeks ago. It was one of the best weeks we've seen all year. And all of a sudden, now you have 90% of all stocks above their 10-day moving average. So let's just keep that simple. You're really oversold, then you're really overbought in a relatively quick time frame. Jeff, it turns out that that historically is quite rare, and it's actually really strong. We wrote about this on LPLResearch.com last Friday, our blog, and we're sharing the chart right now on the YouTube channel. Um, you know, the most recent time that happened was March 26, 2020. Not the worst time to be bullish. Uh, January of 2019 before that, another solid time. October of 15, another really solid time to be bullish. Um, one year after you see this type of scenario, the S&P 500, is up over 18% on average and higher more than 93% of the time. Um, so again, we're aware what's going on with COVID, what's going on in the uncertainty of the election. Um, you could argue some parts of the economy aren't coming back at all. It might not come back for a long time. But what the market is telling us, when I see things like Caterpillar breaking out the two-year highs, you see um, aluminum, aluminum breaking out the two-year highs, copper has been doing well. You see the study I just talked about. The market, in our opinion, is telling us that things likely will be better on the economic front uh, next year as the stock market tends to lead the economy. I mean, Jeff, again, focusing on the fact that we're going to talk fundamentals here in a little bit, kind of from um, you know technical or other, other angle of things, what has your um, attention here from a market's point of view? Yeah, well, again, things were really bad, and we know that. Yeah. Um, you know, during the recession, during the worst of this COVID crisis, hopefully we don't see numbers anywhere close to as bad as what we saw uh, six months ago. But uh, economic expectations, earnings expectations, uh, and these some of these oversold, overbought indicators, they just got so stretched to the downside. I think what we're seeing now is the expectations are catching up um, to, to the markets. They're not quite there yet. Um, but we're, we're getting closer and closer. And when, you know, when reality is, is better than forecast, that's when stocks go up. Yeah, I mean, so on the chart right or on the screen right now, I am sharing earnings season so far. And this is a chart that you shared, Jeff, recently. I mean, you know, it sure feels like earnings season, which is only about 10% of the S&P 500 companies are reported, specifically the big financials and banks. I mean, Goldman Sachs had some amazing earnings last week, um, just, just crushed the, the numbers. Now, not everyone did, but Goldman sure did. Um, Jeff, if, again, it's early, so we're kind of rounding first base, maybe we'll say. Looks like we're off to a really roaring start with earnings so far, though, are we not? A really strong start. I mean, expectations were really high coming in. Uh, and I think it's it's clear that you know the first uh, 50 companies or so have uh, beat even elevated expectations, you know, well into the 80% range on uh, percentage of companies beating. Uh, the amount of the the upside surprises has been really strong. Again, over 20% on average, uh, which is what we did last quarter. You know, it's going to be harder to beat by as much this quarter as last, just because expectations uh, are so much higher. But at this point. Um, corporate America is delivering and we'll probably end up with about half the amount of the earnings decline this quarter as we saw last quarter. Um, and um, you know we're also seeing estimates rise, which is a really positive sign as companies report. 
Yeah, and let's not forget, I mean, estimates rose before earnings season started. I mean, you mentioned it last week where the majority of the companies that actually came out with guidance, and again, not a lot of companies are giving guidance in this uncertain world, but the ones that were by like a two to one margin were actually giving positive guidance ahead of earnings season. And that by itself, again, is not normal. You tend to see a little bit more warnings and bad news out. So that's, um, that's interesting. Now, Jeff, something else that caught my attention just this morning, you know, on market signals, we'd like to talk about around the globe, uh, China. China's GDP in the third quarter came in at 4.8%. It also was positive last quarter as well. China is about the only place in the world, for the most part, that is seeing positive uh, GDP. I mean, what do you think? I mean, is China kind of saying the rest of the globe is going to follow along, or did they just they found some fix to things and the rest of the globe is going to slow down and or continue to kind of be difficult to move forward? What's your take on what China just did here? Yeah, really strong growth. I mean, China's already recovered all of the uh, GDP that they lost during the yeah. pandemic, which you know is really remarkable. They obviously had the advantage of originating the virus, so you know moving past it um, certainly faster is to be expected. And they, of course, Asia has much more experience with this sort of thing than the U.S. does. But nonetheless, um, China's a, a huge economy, as we all know, and it can help global growth recover. I think they're setting setting the pace and uh, the rest of the globe will follow. But while everybody else is catching up, uh, certainly we would think emerging market stocks and, and frankly Chinese stocks in particular should be able to do pretty well here in the near term. The, you know, the news has probably been better than the stock performance there. Those stocks have done fine, you know, keeping up with the US lately. But um, frankly, we would expect them to do even a little bit better. So we still uh, like emerging markets. You know, obviously, China is coming back online. Now, Jeff, I saw, I saw a neat note a week ago. There are 44 Cirque du Soleil shows. Now, they do travel, but in terms of like a standard location, there's 44 of them around the world. The only ones open around the world are in China. So, again, there's, uh, you know, like, like you know, obviously, there's one in Las Vegas here in the United States. There's multiple. Um, but but nonetheless, that, that one's obviously been closed. Also, China just got back from their Golden Week holiday not too long ago. According to some data, 45% uh, of all people in China, this is 1.4 or 1.2 billion people, 45% uh, of all people travel during that holiday, and they spend an estimated $70 billion. Now, that's it was about a hundred billion a year ago, so that is less in terms of what people spent. But still, I think you know if you you had something like that in the U.S., I, I don't think people would spend you know that much. I mean, people in China apparently are back out um, spending money, traveling, doing things. I mentioned before, Hyatt said a while back that there's more people in Hyatt hotels in China now than we're back in September. Uh, these are just again some clues that uh, China is clearly back online as a large part of emerging markets, like you mentioned. Uh, things were good. They also had some positive retail sales in China, which maybe let's go to the next thing. We'll talk maybe a little bit about retail sales here in the United States. Uh, Jeff, on Friday, the retail sales number came out once again, made a new all-time high, came in up, uh, I think it was 1.8%, expected to be down or up about half of that. Uh, the U.S. consumer just continues to surprise to the upside. Jobs are one thing. The employment picture is disappointing, no question. But other parts of the consumer is really healthy. Tell me about the consumer, you think, in your view here, based on the retail sales numbers we saw uh, last Friday. If, if you ask me what surprised me most about the economic recovery since the spring, this is it. Yeah. Retail sales are up 7% year over year. Even if you take out autos, which a lot of the economists like to do, it's up about 5% year over year. That is tremendous. I, I was very surprised how quickly this came back. 
to pre-pandemic levels. Consumer confidence is resilient. Consumers have a strong willingness to spend. You know, they say never bet against the U.S. consumer. Well, I don't think that has ever been more true than than right now. So, um, you know, we're not quite back to recovering the lost output from the total economy from the pandemic, but we're right. sure making a lot of progress uh, helped by the consumer. Uh, no doubt about it. Retail sales have been up five months in a row to put this in context. The U.S. recession, I'm sorry, the U.S. economy has never been in a recession when retail sales are up four months in a row. So we're even adding one on. I think it's just further confirmation in our view here at LPL Research that this recession is likely over. Um, and it might've ended a couple months ago, to be honest. We're not, we'll know that officially uh, when the NBER, National Bureau Economic Research, officially announces things. They're not about being first, they're about being right. Uh, one other thing about the economy, Jeff, and we probably need to move forward. Some of these regional um, manufacturing data points have been really strong. The Philly Fed was one that took my attention, came in at 32 last, or 32.3 last week, uh, expected to be around 15, but the new orders were up uh, the most, or the highest level since 1973. And a lot of these other regional manufacturing um, surveys we're seeing have been quite strong. Manufacturing, yeah, it's maybe 10% of the economy, maybe even less anymore, uh, but still some, some definite positive things there. So Jeff, let's move forward here and talk a little bit about the election. Um, by the time most people hear this, we're two weeks away from the election. I guess let's talk about stimulus, because I think this is one that has people's attention. I mean, we're supposed to have a third debate coming up fairly soon, too. As of, as of time of recording this, we're going to have a third debate. But on stimulus, I still don't think we're going to get a deal. But um, Nancy Pelosi over the a deal before the election, I should say. Uh, Nancy Pelosi over the weekend said 48-hour deadline. President Trump has been very clear he wants to make a deal. He did a tweet a week ago. Like said, I believe he said, go big or go home. Uh, might go over $1.8 trillion. Do you think you'll get support in the Senate, though, for that large of a deal, Jeff? No, I don't think so. Um, this is probably going to have to wait until early 2021. Uh, obviously, we don't know um, who's going to be in the White House and what the Senate will look like yet. But there's a lot of scenarios where this gets done uh, in a few months. I mean, we, you know, we joke about an October surprise, right? And I yeah. think President Trump uh, getting COVID was an October surprise. It doesn't seem to have changed the polls a ton, but the, um, you know, there's still the possibility of another October surprise and getting the stimulus package done in the next couple of days could be it. We still think the odds are very, very low, but it's, it's possible. Still markets are just sniffing out a deal in the next few months and beginning to price that in. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of it is, is markets are okay with the fact that I think they realized a couple of weeks ago that, you know what, maybe we don't get a deal before the election but maybe the deal's a lot bigger sometime after the election. So the stock market, we learned one thing about 2020. It's a very cruel mechanism. It doesn't care about our feelings. It doesn't care about our economy in a lot of ways. Stock market is going to do what it's going to do. And I think it's maybe realizing there could be some better times or not better times ahead. Well, let's hope there's better times ahead, but a bigger stimulus plan. You know, one other thing I wanted to point out on the economy uh, real quickly, I've, I've got this chart on YouTube. Uh, just a number of people that are flying through TSA checkpoints are not flying through. You better not fly through a TSA checkpoint. You should walk through a TSA checkpoint. But going through TSA checkpoints at, airport, at airports uh, on a seven-day moving average is the highest number that we've seen since this recovery. So again, just another little minor bullet point. People are getting out there. They're doing things, uh, potentially flying. I have not flown. When's the last time you flew, Jeff? Do you remember? I was like February. I haven't flown since. Have you done anything since mm -hmm. then? I assume not, right? No, it uh, for me, um, I think it was last fall. Uh, I okay. can't remember exactly, but uh, no, I haven't. I haven't flown this year. 
Yeah, I flew down to Tampa, saw my uncle, Uncle Jim. It was like his 72nd birthday, 72nd birthday, I think. Um, nonetheless, I flew down and saw him. Always like to see him in late February, go down to Tampa and see some family members and stuff. And that was the last time that I got on a plane. Um, so, Jeff, I do have some bad news, at least in my opinion. It's bad news. My son, Gus, you can see the chart here, the picture here. Uh, Gus just turned eight. And on YouTube, you see this this image. I'll, I'll, I'll break it down. It's devastating. With the money that he got for his birthday, because everybody just buys kids Amazon cards, because that's apparently all you do anymore. Um, he put his money together and he got bought himself a Patrick Mahomes jersey. Love it. Now, they'll take note. <laughs> I'm not a Chiefs fan. I don't have a problem with him. I know you're a big Chiefs fan. He has a Bengal fan. It's just devastating. Another another just up 21 nothing. Apparently, they're the first team since uh, 2014. 15 or 2016 to be up 21 points in a game and lose there's only been like 14 of the, the teams that have done that since like 2000 so anyway just this uh, aggravating but anyway he did not want joe burrow he wanted a um patrick mahomes jersey so jeff i mean any any just dagger to my back and twisted a little more with this scenario at least mahomes is a likable guy by all accounts a really good person so yep. um maybe there's the silver lining for you uh, absolutely. No, he, he loves, I mean, you know, I remember being a kid too, like liking the 49ers cause they were good. I never liked the Cowboys when they were good, but nonetheless, I guess as, as a kid, you kind of root for teams that win and it is nice to be a winner. So let's go to the last thing, which future winner very well could be small caps. Um, you know, we're going to, in our weekly market commentary uh, this week on LPL.com, you can find it, Jeff, we took a look at small caps and we titled it three reasons we like small caps you you put it together really great piece um sell me on jeff why because i've heard this before and we've maybe said it before small caps look okay you get like a month or two bounce and then sure enough they go right back down and large cap keeps beating or the other side of things is value value has a big bounce and then sure enough value sells off a little bit more and growth keeps going i think small and value are kind of linked because they both underperformed for the last 10 years it feels like tell me why this time is different we know the four most dangerous words. Sir John Templeton told us this time is different. Why is this time different? Why will smalls have a little bit more strength uh, to this bounce, you think? Yeah, it's, it's different because we're starting a new economic expansion and we've recently started uh, a new bull market. And mm -hmm. early in economic expansions coming out of recession and early in bull markets, small caps tend to outperform large. Um, those watching on YouTube can see the numbers right here. A pretty meaningful outperformance, and it happens almost every time. You've got to go back like 60 years to find one example where you didn't get a, a six months of outperformance, small relative to large. Now, there's still some risk in this, of course. Small caps do tend to be more more volatile. Um, if um, you know the economy deteriorates further, or COVID worsens, you'll probably see small underperform. You know they're not cheap. Uh, certainly valuations um, are a little bit of a concern. You know, if the dollar keeps going lower, that can help large caps with the more global businesses. So there are certainly some headwinds and some tailwinds, but um, we've gone from negative to, to more um, neutral on small. And frankly, the outlook's getting better. It could be uh, set up for an upgrade here before long. Yeah, and it's similar to kind of what we talked about with cyclical value. 
materials and industrials are really starting to take some solid, solid leadership. And, and it does feel like this time's different a little bit where there's multiple participation from some of these groups that have really lagged for a while. Um, you know, so we still like technology, you know, healthcare, um, uh, communication services, the groups that kind of got you there. But on the other side of the barbell, maybe a potential barbell approach, smalls are sure looking a little bit better. And um, those industrials and materials for like a well-diversified portfolio the next six to 12 months could be, uh, could be a good, nice way to go. So Jeff, I'm just going to put the disclaimer slide up here and we're going to wrap things up this week. Again, we're two weeks from the election. So it is election, election, election. But what's some other things besides the election that's on your radar uh, for, for investors to be watching for this week? Yeah, earnings season is um, really the, the highlight, I think. There's, there's not a ton of high profile economic data. The weekly claims always gets a lot of attention. Unfortunately, that's probably going to stay elevated. Um, we got 96 S&P 500 companies. This is when the um, results start to broaden out beyond the banks. You know, we got generally really good numbers from the financials, but uh, want to see um, better results from other sectors to really um, get a feel for how good this earnings season is going to be uh, relative to expectations. And as we wrote about last week, we're getting closer to earnings growth. We'll probably see that in uh, the first quarter of next year. And that'll be a, a well-welcomed change to the uh, large earnings declines that we're seeing this year. But again, it's all about expectations. And as Bert said, it's about better or worse. And the earnings that we've seen the last couple of quarters, even though they've been bad, quote unquote, have been better than the expectations. And we're clearly seeing that again. So Jeff, thanks as always for joining everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Your continued um, positive reviews, hit that like button, um, you know, give us a positive review, follow us uh, wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on YouTube. We really greatly appreciate it. The more people that give us positive reviews or like us or follow us, the more people can listen to the LPL Market Signals podcast. Um, and we'll be back next week. I'm just going to take a wild guess. We'll probably talk a little bit about football and probably talk a little about the election. I don't know what else we're going to talk about, but those two are kind of standards for most of our conversations. Um, but with that, everybody, thanks again for being here. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week, which will be one week away from the election. Isn't that something? See everybody then. Take care. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarded the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC, insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from 
and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.